my therapist, it was about a month ago, I said, you know, I'm feeling really pathetic. And that's such a mean word, right? Like, because I should be over this by now. And he was just like, you know, and we tapped in and saw where that had came from. If, if anyone is listening and needs, you know, just one piece of advice, it's like, be gentle with yourself. Because that that nurturing, that gentleness requires you to go within. And, uh, but that's where it starts. The healing starts within. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things health, wellness, self-care, and real talk. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, health coach, actor, and badass extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought with some serious real talk to help you find your passion, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode 58 of the podcast. Hope you guys are having an amazing week. I am so excited to have Jessica Smith back on the podcast. You may remember her from episode 16, where we talked all about the ups and downs of being in your 20s. And Jess has been through some really crazy shit in this last year. And we have stayed in touch. And I have watched her navigate through all of the bullshit and all of the stuff that comes up when you are going through a breakup and a breakup that feels really significant um, and that completely transformed her path. And I have noticed that in the space of relationships, there is so much these days being spoken, and I mean, certainly not enough by any means, which is why I have people who are experts about relationships and sex and all that stuff on the podcast. But there's something that I've noticed that there is a trend of not really any support with, right? You can pick up a Cosmo and read about sex. Not that I'm really advocating for that because I feel like most of the time it's not really legit. Um, but you can find incredibly wonderful coaches who, you know, are experts in relationships and sex. And I mean, I've had multiple of them on the podcast. If you, you know, go back to episodes with Rachel Wright or Olivia Selene, um, you know, they're incredible, incredible women who deal with that with, with their clients on a daily basis. And yet I have not seen anything or anyone out there actively talking about breakups. And it just got me thinking, like, we all go through that, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, raise your hand if you've been through a breakup in your lifetime. I'm guessing that 95% of you have. And it's hard. And there's no support for it. And it can be exhausting and overwhelming and can feel like your life is crumbling because the path in which you thought it was going is not anymore. And I've been there first and foremost. And Jess has been there really in the thick of it. And she just speaks so candidly and openly about this topic. And I just wanted to have her back on the podcast so desperately to dive into this. And we get into some very tough stuff. But I know that whether you have um, a friend right now, if you're currently going through a breakup, or you know, somebody who's going through a breakup, send this, send this episode their way, give them some support and love. Because a lot of the time we don't know what to say, right? And there's just nothing really we can say that's going to support our friend. Um, but sharing resources that could maybe help them, you know, find a positive outlet or have some kind of solace in the process is the best thing we can do. So if you know anyone who is navigating a breakup right now, share this with them and take a listen yourself. Even if you're not going through a breakup, I know that you are going to get so much out of this just as a way to go through anything that's hard in life, honestly. Um, so anyways, as a reminder... Jessica Smith is the author of Your 20s, a book about change and how to take good care of yourself as a 20-something navigating the real world. She's also the host of two podcasts, That Valley Vibe, which is a show about wellness, and Career Coaching with Jess Ness, a show about doing your best work in the world, landing job interviews, and how to build a personal brand. When she's not writing a recording podcast, you can find her meeting with people one-on-one about her essential oils business and how she can you can positively impact the, your health and um, all of that with her wellness community, The Wellness Squad. Um, and she also is just like so freaking down to earth and real. Go follow her on Instagram and all the things. Today we talk about all the things that in between everything from her brutal story of getting broken up with the man she thought she was going to marry, um, the five stages of going through a breakup. 
what to do when you feel like you can't function, um, the journey back to yourself post breakup, um, different, different positive coping mechanisms that she found really worked for her, um, and finding closure in a really unexpected way. Um, and so much more. So without further ado, here we go. Hey, Jessica, (laughs) welcome back to the podcast. (laughs) It's great to be back here with you. I know. I'm so pumped. You guys, um, if you did not listen to Jessica's last episode, um, it was episode 16. So way back when, like almost a year ago from when you guys were listening to this, um, which is crazy balls. Um, And I just love you to the moon. And I think that your energy is so incredible. And we are deep diving into a topic that we've never talked about on the podcast before. And one that is extremely vulnerable to talk about. And so I just like, I'm so excited and so grateful that you, um, have the courage and like willingness to come on and share this because I think talking about, uh, you guys know, like talking about breakups, like talking about how to navigate that as like uh late twenties, like 30 year old and like navigating that process is something that we don't talk about. We talk about like all the beautiful things, <laughs> like, uh, you know, I'm getting married and we share that shit to the world and like all the things that we feel like are hitting those fucking milestones that we believe as society, like we need to be hitting in order to be quote unquote worthy and successful and all that shit. And it's just not... <laughs> It's just not the case and it's not the reality for a lot of us. And while I'm in like a really amazing thriving marriage, like there are a lot of people in my life that navigate breakups and it's like, what do I do? (laughs) You know, it's like that big question. And so I'm so excited to have you back to talk about this. Um, If you guys haven't already picked up her book, Your 20s, it's incredible. Um, All of I'll link that in the show notes again, but also all the info from our last conversation um, is in podcast slash 16. Um, but yeah, welcome back to the pod. And I'm so excited to dive into this topic with you. Yeah, it's a deep topic. So we've got some diving. Did you bring your scuba gear? Or- I know, I'm ready. <laughs> Should we just go all the way in. down? Yeah. Dude, okay, sidebar for a total, for like a hot second. But when I was, um, I went on a cruise in, what the fuck month was it? End of March. And we went snoobying. Have you heard of this? No, what is okay. this? Okay, have you guys heard of this? If you have, let me know in the community. But it's basically scuba meets snorkeling (laughs) almost couldn't say it interesting yeah and so you're like using the equipment of scuba diving in the sense of you have like uh, you know the oxygen tank Mm -hmm. and then the breath thing but you're not in like all the wetsuit crap you don't have to carry it on your back the tank is like floating above you and you're attached it's like to your oxygen tank it's attached to like a like a pump thing whatever I don't know what it's called um and then you have like you know your snorkeling like face mask thing And then you go down. So you can go, like, we went, uh, I think, 30 feet down to the bottom of, like, you know, the ocean that we were in. And so it was super cool, but it was, like, it was, like, tiptoeing into scuba diving, you know? Um, A bridge. yeah, we're snoobying. You're, like, like scuba diving (laughs) with training wheels. Exactly. I like it. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. So if you're, you know, if you ever want to, you know, take a test wheel, go snoobying. And that's what we're going to be doing today. We're snoobying into relationships. Perfect. (laughs) And the shit that nobody talks about. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I know that you like are, I mean, when, when did your breakup actually go down? May 17th. Okay. <laughs> At like 5.30. No, I'm kidding. It was, Girl. yeah, it was May. It, so it was May, you know, it's coming up on a year, the year anniversary of it. And mm-hmm. I'm going to celebrate it that Fuck day, yeah. just, just as a side note, you know, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that, you know, later, because I know that if someone's listening to this, they're either in the thick of the breakup, yeah. anticipating a breakup, want to do, want to break up with somebody. Yeah. Um, and that can be really jarring and really awkward and hard and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I still can picture myself exactly where I was. I mean, it was only a year ago, but like those types of memories implant deep within your cells, like your yeah. cells, your heart, you know, they're, they're, you embody that experience. So part of the process is unpacking it and letting each aspect that you picked up from that experience go. But, but yeah, it was in May and, you know, I'll tell you exactly how it happened. And, um, because that's everyone's, cause you know, we didn't fight, we weren't fighting. We, um, how long had you guys been together? Uh, three years living together for two. Yeah. And, you know, I love this guy. This, this was my person. I was so excited about getting a house with him, having kids with him. 
And I was blindsided. Like that's what's so embarrassing mm-hmm. about it. And also just was so life-changing is that I didn't see it coming. And I, you know, like to think that I am pretty intuitive and can pick up on stuff, but this was one, you guys, I did not even know. And so I was, and we had had a conversation on Monday night of that week and I'm a planner. So I was like, you know, I just went home for mother's day and I had a great mother's day. He didn't go with me. And I came back and I was just like, curious, like, Hey, you know, like thinking about settling down in terms of like buying a house, especially in the Silicon Valley, when, you know, you have to put a hundred grand down on a house. And so you have to be really mindful about saving and all of that. And so I was like, Hey, you know, let's, let's put some numbers together. Let's figure out how we're going to, we're going to do this. Mm. And he was like, he was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know how we're going to do it. Like he's, he was very money conscious and very methodical and a, and a very big thinker. One of the reasons why I loved him, because he kind of brought me deck, you know, in my big wildest yeah. dreams yeah. living, he, we balanced each other out really well, I hear that, yeah. <laughs> but we, you know, we had this great conversation about it and we both expressed kind of our fears around it, what we wanted to do with it. And we had we made dinner that night and we cheers to here's to keeping the foot on the gas in our relationship. And I was feeling I was like, okay, this is great. Like we're having a, we're putting some, some thought into this. Cause even, you know, even if you get engaged that day, still going to take a year and a half. Hmm. And I was really like in this mode of something clicked for me when I was, I don't know, like 28 or so where I just, I really wanted kids my whole life. I was like, I don't want kids, but something it's like this maternal clock went off in me. So interesting. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I really, really was longing for it. Like from a deep place, which, you know, you ask all my close friends are like, this is, this is crazy. That's so funny. I've had the like complete opposite experience. Really? And I don't know if it's because of everything that I've navigated with my surgery in the last year and like how that's changed my perception of what having kids would look like for me. So that Mm -hmm. probably is part of it. But for the longest time I was like, I'm meant to be a mom. I want kids. And the past year I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know that I'm supposed to be a mom. So it's interesting. I've had the, the inverse experience. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, you bring up a good point. It's like these life experiences change on an, a very deep level and they can change the direction of our whole entire lives. And that's what this breakup was for me. Yeah. And so we have that great conversation Monday, Thursday, he comes home and, and he says, you know, I was thinking about the future a little bit more and I just don't picture you part of it. And I saw some kids today and I thought, I never want kids and I don't want to buy a house with you. And we're too different. Very bluntly, like saying all of these things. Wow. And I was just very taken aback by it and taken off guard. And, you know, just, it was like a bomb had dropped. You know, I think we've all been in a situation at least where the rug's been pulled out from under us, mm-hmm. whether it be a relationship or like we didn't get that job we thought or didn't get the apartment or you know, those kinds of situations, but it's, I keep saying jarring, but it just is, it was just kind of a shock to my, my entire system. Mm-hmm. And so then that night, uh, he, he started moving his stuff into the spare bedroom. And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> like, do you think we're going to move into this like roommate situation and figure it out? Like, I'm a very much like we make the decision. We, we take action. Like, so he just so- like completely, hundred percent was like, here's what's happening. I'm not into this. Goodbye. There was no conversation. The conversation I said, help me understand how you're feeling, Yeah, you know? And, and that was, and I've had a lot of time as a writer, right? This is my second book. My, my second book is about this. Mm. It's going to be about when the rug gets pulled out from under you and the journey back to yourself and what that looks like. Mm. And so naturally I'm a reflective person, but writing this book, you know, I see, I have the table of contents in front of me just in case too, if we wanted to chat about that, but I didn't realize how much he was not in touch with his feelings Mm -hmm. in our relationship Mm -hmm. is one of the reasons why I loved him so deeply, but I actually didn't realize that he actually had lack of access at all to them, which then prevented him from sharing how he actually felt. Mm -hmm. And so that was, and and I was getting all of that, you know, all of these thoughts and feelings 
where it just threw me through a loop because it's like, it's unheard of. Like he, I would, I would constantly be asking him like, Hey, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? But, um, and, but I never realized how surface level it was until like a conversation like this. And I was like, Whoa. And I was also at the same time, really glad and relieved to hear some things deep down and what was going on. But, um, I was really upset. Like I, I couldn't even speak, you know, I mean, it it wasn't really a conversation. He just said, kept saying, you know, I feel really bad. I, um, I just, and I had questions like, how long have you felt like this? Yeah. Cause how embarrassing is that? Like you live with a guy and like, he doesn't, he's not into you. And how long has this, how long have I been in La La Land? And he's like making dinner with me. Like that's just feels yucky, you know? And so, and it was also crazy because my, my first book, had come out in February and this happened in May. So it was a very interesting polarity year for Mm. me where it was like, and I think, I think he just, and he said he hadn't been feeling, you know, right with all of it for the last three months. And so that kind of confused me as well. And I also think maybe he just didn't feel like there was ever a right time to say something, which is an excuse. Right. And I'm still, you know, it's like, I've forgiven him so since then, but I was pissed about that for a very long time. Like, why didn't he say something for his own self? (laughs) So that was, that was, yeah, that was the moment that everything shifted. And, you know, just to those first three days afterwards, thank goodness it was a Thursday. My sister and I had driven home uh, to Modesto to our parents' house and stayed there for the weekend. And I just had said, text him like, Hey, you know, please pack a bag and, and, you know, go to your parents' house. Cause his parents live in the same city that we live in and we lived in. And so I could, I could move out cause he wanted to stay in the apartment. So it was not only like this You're person, everything that I thought was going to be forever. The idea of like kids was gone mm-hmm. and also just the having to move all my stuff and all of that quite a process. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And like, so out of the blue too, like, yeah, you know, I think, I think breakups can be so, you know, they can be so different depending on how we personally experience them, whether we are a being broken up with B doing the breaking up and C also like, yeah, I mean, you guys were living together. You obviously had like envisioned and probably like created a life for your brain with this person. Um, and so all of a sudden, like all of these, like you said, you're a planner, all of these thoughts, all of these plans, all of these dreams that you had had that involved him in it no longer did. And mm-hmm. it's like, how does that, how do you, how do you even like, func- I don't know. How do you function when all of a sudden, like your entire, uh, trajectory of where you believe your life is going completely gets like cut off. Like your arm gets cut off almost, you know? And it's like flailing yeah. around, like, what the fuck do I do? And where do I go from here? Yeah. And you know, I, it was kind of a blessing in disguise in terms of that next two weeks. So for me, it was operation life and like moving, getting myself out and into a safe place was, was my focus. But I, that next two weeks, my sister had a trip planned to Spain. And so, and we had decided to move in together because thank goodness she was living in a place that was month to month. Mm -hmm. And so it was towards the end of, you know, May. So she was able to move in with me and that those first two weeks she was gone and I was terrified to be alone, but also extremely, um, I just wrote, I just wrote every single day, every single night. And I came up with, um, these like phases of a breakup to kind of latch on to something because there is so much unknown and unplanned unknown. It's not like, Oh yeah, I'm going to try something new today. It's like a whirlwind, like you said. And so, you know, the first kind of, I don't, and these phases I think can last however long, but the first one is just what the fuck, you know, the first one's just like, when you're like, Whoa, like, what was that? You know, just very much you're on your ass, you're confused, whatever. And then the next one's operation life. And that is 
doing what you need to do to get yourself into a new spot or whether it be getting your stuff back from their house. It can be as granular or as big stream as like, we've got to move the house and pack up and move to a new state. Yeah. But that was really my first focus in, in getting to the new uh, apartment. Do you feel like that for you felt like automatic pilot? Like you were just like going and doing what you felt like your, your body was like moving for itself almost like, is that how it felt like for you? At times. Yeah. Yeah. At times. And I know that on the previous podcast, I spoke a little bit about my Adderall addiction. Did I talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny, not funny. It's just the way, you know, my, I I don't know what it is. I don't have a word for it. This is just what it is. Mm -hmm. But I felt like I, I was unfunctioning. Like I felt like, and for the first maybe four to five months, I resulted back in a lot of, um, like a lot of just unhealthy habits Mm -hmm. and coping mechanisms. One of those was Adderall. Mm -hmm. So I went to my, you know, psychiatrist, basically a professional, you know, drug dealer in my personal opinion, because of the way I had a relationship with it. Yeah lied to her about what I wanted, how I needed it, whatever, Mm -hmm. and got the pills. And that's, I mean, that's, that's what helped. And and it's like, there's no sugarcoating like that. That's, I went to it and it made me feel awful. Like I'd been off it for so long that it was, I was, my body was just like, no, this is not happening. I didn't take the full month. It was just for that first week and a half. And, um, and I was drinking the entire time, like drinking a lot of my skin was just awful. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I I was functioning, but I wasn't really there. I was very much in a fog and I had a piece of it. yeah. Yeah. Just trying to, and, and, you know, it's like, there's no, I can't sugarcoat that part. Like that part just sucks. Nor should you like, and I think you know, sometimes we try to spin things in life, especially me, like I'm a flip everything into the positive and find the silver lining human. But I I think something that I've had to work really hard on is owning that it's okay to say this sucks and it's okay to say this is really shitty. Um, and sometimes you're not going to have positive coping mechanisms in that space. And that's totally fine. Like that's part of the process of being a human being. And, um, yeah. you know, I think the best thing we can do is just be honest with ourselves and, and find a su- create a support system that is going to like remind us that it's okay to be an alive person, you know, and like right. have people in our corner who are gonna, you know, be there for us when shit hits the fan. Yeah. I think, you know, it's a good point. Like we can't ignore our humanness. Yeah. You know, there's so much online now that is so positive and uplifting. And that is great. That is perfect. And I do think that's a gateway that love and light Gabby Bernstein type of stuff, Mm -hmm. pink sparkle flower quotes, (laughs) all of that. There's, there is, I I believe that's a gateway into the self-development, self-discovery journey. So you have to start somewhere. hundred percent. However, that's not the whole picture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's embracing the shadow side. It's mm-hmm. embracing these moments and like when shit hits the fan, what you do, because that's where you'll find a lot of these deep inner fears and insecurities and stuff that's remained dormant, what feels like your whole entire life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's what happened with this breakup. It opened me up to everything that I, that I, stuffed down as Robert Bly calls it, you know, like in the bag, we carry around that shadow bag that we like all the things that we've disowned about ourselves or all the things that we've deemed as unsafe to express because they aren't accepted by others. They Mm -hmm. go in this bag Mm -hmm. and usually a big life situation that sucks like a breakup or you lose your job or you lose your house or you lose your kids or you get diagnosed with something. Yeah. opens that bag and forces you to look at it. And this is what this breakup did for me. And so it's, yeah, the first four months was not cute. It was not pretty, nor was I posting on Instagram at all. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, and that was just part of my like process. Mm -hmm. Um, But the the beauty is you don't stay there forever. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not, you could, 
every day is a choice. And every day I, I unconsciously was choosing the numb out yeah. because that was an option for me. But it just, I knew that, uh, you know, it's based on some of the actions that I took helped me get out of that. And, um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that was kind of the first, (laughs) the first bit. Yeah. So can you walk me through like what some of the things that you tried to do to get clear? I, I think what I would be searching for is clarity. Like if I were broken up with in such a like very cold, sounds like very cold, callous way, very like all of a sudden, I think what I would search for is clarity. Like I would just need to have like some form of understanding in order to feel like I could move forward. Um, And so like, or just like get out of the depths of despair, you know, and like find some like sparks of joy. So like, did you, did you try a bunch of shit? Like what worked? (laughs) What didn't like, what felt good? What felt crappy? Like just, yeah. (laughs) what's next yeah well that's the next phase investigation time okay you know it's like so it's like first phase what the fuck next phase operation life do what you need to just function yeah and then the third phase is investigation time and this is for me clarity yeah Mm -hmm. like finding clarity around not necessarily all the whys because you'll drive yourself batshit crazy if you if you force yourself but for me it was clarity around Where in the relationship had I not owned my power? Like where in the relationship had I maybe not been giving my full self? Mm. Because life is just a big, fat, freaky deaky mirror. You know, it's like everywhere you look, what's being reflected back to you and what you identify, the only reason why you can identify it is because it's in you somewhere whether you consciously know it or you unconsciously know it. And so, you know, I almost used his name. Whoa. So the person I was with him, him pulling back and not being expressive and not saying his truest feelings and speaking up, how was I playing a role in that? And so for me, it was writing. It started with writing and just getting all of it out. Mm. Then it was to get out of the, uh, my own head, and my own just negative coping mechanisms, I needed to do something that scared me. So I signed up for an improv class. And that was really fun. And I still do it. I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. Yeah, it's it's so fun. I love it. It's very, and that, and, and I knew that I needed to get out of my head and into my heart. And so movement in a form of, um, self-expression and movement in a way that I haven't done before. Mm. And I knew that public speaking is something that it's the only place, even podcasting, right? It's the only place that you have to be fully present in order to do it. Yeah. You, you, and it's this you embodied experience. Acid. No, it's like, it comes from within. Mm-hmm. And like, even this conversation we're having now, we didn't say like, let's cover these points. It's, it's flowing through us and it, we're tapping into, you know, what I call our nests, you know? So mm-hmm. my justness was guiding me to improv because it scared me. Mm-hmm. It's been on my justness download list for a long time. And it also would allow me to move from my head to my heart and meet new people. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the ripping the bandaid off, you know, or I guess opening the door to what my life was going to look like without this person in it. Mm. And so that was a really grounding like way of doing it. And can then I, can I touch on that for a second? Yeah, Cause I sure. think so I'm thinking about putting myself in this situation and like putting myself in your shoes. And if I, if something were to happen and for whatever reason, Kevin and I decided to have a conscious breakup and like no longer choose each other again, which is not happening FYI, but like if that were to happen, I, I think I would be terrified to go into my heart because it would be vulnerable as fuck. Like I know, okay, let's just say something that I've actually been through recently. Like when I was found out that I was BRCA positive, I felt the feels for like a day. And then I spent a lot of time like just being in my head and focusing on what I could do next and like the feeling the feels part of it and the actual embodying of what that fear looked like and what moving forward with that my new set of circumstances looked like was so scary and so terrifying to me and the idea of like 
I, I used to be like, and I still am, like a heart-centered person, but I really went into my head and like Logic Amanda Train took over and Planning Amanda Person took over so that I felt like I could handle it, you know? And you go into like, okay, like I need to just like be this person. And I know you've like said the steps, but to me, I think the idea of like embodying that experience and like fully showing up in yourself, like terrifying. it sounds terrifying. Yeah. It is. It is terrifying. So and it like, still is to me sometimes. So how did you take – I mean, yes, I think going out of your comfort zone might be like the – might be it. Like just doing that something that's totally different. That was kind of the different. bridge. Mm, okay. The, the bridge to moving from my head to my heart through something in a, in like a – I'm a very ext, um, extroverted person. Yeah. I'm comfortable in my outer world. Yeah. My inner world is like uh, – Suck this. Yeah, no, I totally I so in get here? it. Yeah. Like I don't know. Yeah. So like – Improv was a way to have both for me. Oh, interesting. It was something that I could like, I, I had to be in my body and be mm-hmm. expressing myself. And very much a lot of improv is getting in touch with your chi- your inner child. Yeah. And just playing and letting go. Yeah. And so that was the bridge to exploring within because mm. I was terrified. I felt like my heart was broken, yeah. you know? And I think back, like it makes me emotional thinking about it because- I just, I, re- it, I know that feeling. Yeah. It's still terrifying. It's yeah. still terrifying. It's, but it's the other things that I was able to do was I invested in, um, you know, I use essential oils. I sell doTERRA essential oils. I invested in their emotional aromatherapy kit. That was something that I could carry around with me on the go. Mm-hmm. So it was like resourcing myself with these different tools, like, mm-hmm essential oils, improv, doing body work. So not Mm -hmm. massages, but more so, um, I worked with this amazing lady, um, Shannon Hernandez in the South Bay in the Bay area. And she has this intuitive body work session. And that was really, really scary to me because basically what you're doing is she's going, she's going around touching on different like meridians, different points of the body body. that store different emotions Mm. because you know, we know we store so much in our cells, so much in our bodies. And that's, a, excuse me, another reason why doTERRA helps release those from the cell so that they can come up to be healed. Right. And so mm-hmm. resourcing uh, myself in that way was really helpful to have someone facilitating that process because it was too scary to do on my own. Like, yeah, just to like, Hey, drop in and yeah, see what's in there. It's exactly. like, uh, no, that's like walking in is. front of yeah. traffic. Yeah. So, okay. So it sounds to me like you essentially created like a post breakup toolkit that you could go to on Mm -hmm. like a day to day basis and throughout your week and say like, where do I need support? Where do I need love? And, and it sounds like all of the different things were ways for you to get more in touch with yourself, not necessarily. Yeah. And your body and not necessarily like externally, you know, doing shit that like going partying and whatever it was like how can I take care of me right now because I can't show up <laughs> you know if I'm not doing yeah. that so that's what it sounds 100%. like to me okay yeah nailed it you know it's and then after that there was I actually ended up having to take a month off of work um, because my health was also plummeting. I mean, it doesn't help drinking, you know, a bottle of whiskey in three days and smoking a lot of pot and all that crap. Mm -hmm. But it was last year I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. So it was like right after the breakup, actually, it was Mm -hmm. like breakup. And then it was the diagnosis in, um, July, July. So I was just like, Oh, right before, you know, the summer, concerts and like I was living with my sister yeah. and like then she broke her ankle I was like what the is going on yeah, the like, universe, yeah. it was just like <laughs> what is happening there's a tornado in my soul but um <laughs> I, love I mean I like, don't love that, that but I visual? so love that visual yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so real there's a tornado in my soul I just like I can't get through this and I don't have a basement to escape like that's mm. you know that was the feeling and so So it was just a lot. And I had to take a month off of work. Luckily, I was able to do that. You know, I got it approved from my boss and whatever. And that was also another deepening into closing the outside world and going within, going within and spending time in nature, 
and writing poetry like that really helped me take what was in my journal and kind of put it into a box and not a box but like into a nice and tidy like this is to to make me a more aware with what was going on in there and so mm-hmm. I may I don't know I was thinking maybe releasing some of the poetry in in the next book in yeah. some way shape or form yeah but um the other thing too was a static dance so that also was something on my uh, justice downloads list for a long time, which scared me so much. I, I guess this whole process dance? made me re- a static dance is it's kind of like meditative dance. It's sober. You don't do. Um, so it's, it's a sober community gathering where people just, usually it's a lot of, you know, music, maybe without words. And usually they're held at like churches mm-hmm. or, Um, gathering centers of some kind yeah right community centers they're not religious whatsoever they're not related to any religious Mm -hmm. thing but it's it's just like you go and it's free movement and Mm. I took like this ecstatic dance workshop workshop and it was I just I I realized how uncomfortable I am in my body Mm. and how much I don't operate from there ever Mm. like ever and especially with the Adderall addiction how much amplified that was in living in my head constantly. Yeah, for sure. So it was just like all these realizations, all of these deep understandings and, you know, healing is not linear Mm. and it's, it's nothing's linear except your birthday, but it's, you know, and happy birthday. If it's your birthday today, but you know, it's like, it's, it's going to ebb and flow, but you know, through the body work, through, um, a static dance through the emotions, uh, the essential oils that support um, emotions and getting in touch with the body. And then I also, of course, signed up for therapy. That wasn't talk therapy, actually. It is, again, and all of these things scared me so much. I I didn't want mm-hmm. to explore within. Mm-hmm. I, I really didn't because I didn't know what's in there. Yeah. But one, one of the correlations, too, is if you're somebody that is scared of the unknown, like in the physical world, what's next, chances are you're scared of what's within you. Yeah. Because the more that you embrace what's inside, the less fearful, the unknown, that next step is going to be in your day-to-day life. And that was a big aha for me too. Support you no matter what, and that you're going to be on the right path. Yeah. Right. Like having that deep knowing. Mm -hmm. And so this therapy is Um, you know, we talk for maybe the first two or three minutes, I'll share with him, like what's coming up for me this week, like major triggers or things that I'm identifying. And then he'll just be like, he'll close his eyes and he'll just be like, what do you notice? And we literally close our eyes and navigate with him. And it's amazing what's in there, the amount of wisdom and what is this kind of therapy called? Um, integrated therapy. Okay. It could be called a couple things, embodied therapy, somatic mm-hmm. experiencing. Yeah. Look for a therapist that does somatic experience because somatic means body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's been really eye opening too to get in touch with that because I like, I like her. I like, mm-hmm. I like what's in there. Yeah. She's really wise. And usually whatever cloud of theories or thoughts or what's next or all this stuff that is, I walk into the session with, I leave with like, kind of being like, Oh, like none of that is like real. Yeah. And you have this inner knowing. I think it's so interesting that everything that you've shared is working on your, your own self and your within and searching for answers from within, Mm -hmm. because I think so many people, when they go through a breakup or anything hard in their life, they yeah. immediately look for answers outside of themselves, whether it's with a friend or, you know, maybe your partner that you're breaking up with, you're trying to like get that clarity, um, you know, outside of yourself, like from a, you know, a substance standpoint, food standpoint, yeah. you know, it's like we look for answers outside so often. And yet we forget that we we are human beings that are so wise and so capable. And when we are giving ourselves permission to tap into that piece of ourselves, whether it's through dance or through meditation or therapy of any kind or whatever it is that you feel called to, like move there. Because I think 
I know, like I used to constantly, constantly feel like I needed to, I couldn't make a decision before like a friend told me that that was the thing I should do. Or my mom said that or my partner or whatever. And it's like now, no, like I don't listen to anyone else. I listen to myself because I've done the work to get to know what that actually looks like. And I know what works for me. And I think it's going to be constantly different. So did you ever feel pulled though in that direction like pulled to ask other people pulled to get that I know obviously you did get that external piece yeah Yeah. so like how do you fight that it's and it's like the other thing too and you bring up a good point is the searching for answers outside there can be for me and I can only speak from my own experience but for me there was a a major pull in learning learning why buying all the books, Mm -hmm. listening to all the podcasts, Mm -hmm. listening to a million other people's experiences about Mm -hmm. what I should do or what they did and trying that out, trying that on. Like Mm -hmm. this is not, you know, this is not the dressing room of solutions. Like you don't, none of it's going to be outside yourselves. And I still, even this morning I wake up and I'm like, gosh, like feeling sort of like, where should I go in terms of this next step? Oh, I'll search for this topic on iTunes. Mm-hmm. I'll download all these, you know, whatever. And it's the way that you combat that is you just notice you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I'm doing it again. Yeah. Oh, I'm doing it again. It's a beautiful thing. And then, you know, deleting all the podcasts you just downloaded or, um, you know, deciding to donate half your books or, and just, lessening the chaos from the it's so easy to distract yourself Mm. and and it is so tempting and I find it quite seductive yeah yeah. sometimes sometimes it can be really like self-development like I'm being productive I'm learning like this is but it don't be fooled don't be fooled by that it's actually prolonging your healing because the real healing is within Mm. so I question so I know you you obviously like he left and whatever did you have you guys like since that moment had a conversation where has there been like further closure or was that 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 was it that was was the end yeah so you created the closure for yourself yes 100 percent. yeah and he I think he emailed me like maybe I don't know around my birthday and it was just like it was so robotic and weird he in the subject it said mail and it said hey there a piece of mail have, has come. It looks like there's a gift card. I'll put it under the mat. And I didn't respond. And I never picked it up because I was like, I don't care. It's probably, I don't care. Yeah. I really was like, fuck off. I, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't care about the gift card and I don't want to go to my old house. And, you know, he, and he even said like, oh, I assume it may be related to your birthday. It's like, I just turned 30. Of course it is like mm-hmm. his lack of, it's just, just like, oh, like I, was that always him, mm-hmm. you know? And so creating closure for yourself. And for me, like when I was dating the, the man in New Zealand and we were living there and all of that, um, it was the same thing. And maybe that's just my style with breakups. Like once the decision has been made, it's like we go on our, on our separate paths, but it's also the saddest, you know, it's like they die. It's yeah. really like you're mourning their death. And, and I had a lot of grief for a long time and could cry on a whim and um, even having missed conversations healing to see how far I've come. Yeah. It's awesome. But I think it's so understanding and understandable. Like as someone who's been through a breakup, like you lose assuming you don't stay in touch, which I think often happens because Mm -hmm. it can be quite challenging. You lose a best friend. I mean, if you're, if you've been together for a a long, long enough period and you've shared your soul with a person, Mm -hmm all of a sudden, like they're not in your life at all. You have no idea what they're thinking about, what they're doing, you know? And it's like, you knew all those details and it's just like a really bizarre transition that we don't teach (laughs) how, you know, any, nobody talks about how to navigate. And, and so I'm, I'm so grateful for this conversation. I want to touch on one thing that you mentioned early on, which is how you realized how not in touch he was with his feelings because I think that's something that a lot of men struggle with. Um, and I think that it can be quite challenging as women who are often, and again, this is a big generalization, but often more in touch with our inner world, our feelings, how, you know, how we, how we navigate, you know, and finding that 
shift? Like, are you in a space now where any future partner that you're calling in, like how, how will that shift with you, within you? Do you, are you like only interested in, you know, connecting with emotionally available men? Are you open to, you know, like going through that journey with them? Like, how does that, how does that go in your brain now? It's a really good question. And, you know, I, I, I thought a lot about that. Like, what was the role that I personally played in his lack of expression? And, you know, part of it is just him, who he is, mm-hmm. how he was raised mm-hmm. as well. And I, that was a big, whoa, you know, kind of taking a step back and looking at, you know, his upbringing, like mm-hmm. emotions weren't safe to mm-hmm. express mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, But I think one of the things we can support men in being more in touch with their feelings is being ultra present with them. Ultra present, not mother, not motherly, right? We're all, we have those tendencies. It's not about babying them, um, which is a whole other topic, right? But like just being ultra present to receive in the way and helping them through maybe asking really good questions, um, When I think about my future partner, which I don't think I'm ready quite yet to date. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I think about it because I, I think the, the, the biggest thing was like, I was so excited to have kids. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I thought that because he was no longer in my life, the opportunity to have children was no longer. And I actually lost my period for the entire year after, um, and it's, that is how, that is so eye-opening because it's like, how, how do we not think that our emotions don't live in our body? How do we not think that we are this whole system that we walk around with isn't connected? 100%. And so getting in touch and uncovering where I'm storing these emotions and limiting beliefs around worthiness and, you know, mm-hmm. him, him just not wanting to live life with me was, is still you know, it's like, whoa, okay. Like, yeah, like something's for a long time, like something's wrong with me. Um, Mm. which I don't feel that today. Mm. Maybe it comes in phases. I mean, I don't know. It's not black and white, right? It's like, this isn't linear. But, um, when I think about my future partner, I'm going to be in a place of more in touch with myself and my body. So I'm going to be able to pick up on whether or not this person is a good fit because of these sensations I'm feeling in my mm. body and in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be as operative from my head mm. like I have with previous relationships. And I think that alone will help me identify whether or not that person is going to be compatible with what I need. And I definitely have been able to identify what I need and what I don't need mm. um, a lot more. And that's continually something I'm uncovering within, but um but I think there's a huge advantage of being more in touch with what I'm noticing. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, okay. And cause our body never lies. Mm-hmm. It'll always so tell agree. us. My gut is yep. my compass. So like mm-hmm. it pulls me where it, I think it's so interesting though, the, the piece of the feelings. Cause I, I mean, I am married to a very like logic centered man mm-hmm. who I would say in the last year and a half has been like deep diving into like exploring what it's like to feel at a much deeper level than he ever has before. And it's been so incredible to watch and especially for having been with somebody for eight years, like it's a complete shift in the way we interact now. And I think you know, I think when you have that trust and have that foundation of knowing that there's this safety, right? It that's what's it, I think that's what at least for a lot of men that I witness and see and experience in my own life, it's like it's yes, it is you are safe to express. You are safe to cry in front of me um and have this very big aha moment that is very feelings based. Like it is you are safe. Um Because I think, you know, uh, just the way society has, you know, plagued women with feeling like we need to look a certain way or um, be this like feminine creature in order to show up and like this now feminism movement is moving forward against that, right? It's like in the same way, like we're, we're talking about masculinity in a really different space right now and men growing up were taught by their fathers that like feeling is not safe and it's not okay to express yourself and so 
I think that there's this really big disconnect and I think we're starting to make traction and moving the bridge shifting wise, but it's really, it's really fascinating. And I think it's like, as somebody, as a woman in this space, like I'm constantly seeking like other perspectives on that and like how to navigate relationships because we, it's like we have different languages that we're speaking at, you know? And so it's really fascinating. So yeah. Also another thing that you touched on is forgiveness. And I, I know that forgiveness can be a topic that's really challenging to think about, like, especially when you feel, felt so blindsided. So what has, what was that process like for you? And I know you said that you feel like you've forgiven him. You said that. So like what, what led you there and why? Yeah, I think over time, just being able to get in touch with my truest desires and needs and being able to pinpoint where some of the pain in the relationship was and where it was based out of childhood um, helped me identify more so maybe where he's coming from Mm. and his childhood and what he needed. And, you know, I think just all of the, all of the processing I've done is, has made me realize that like, I wasn't getting what I needed. You know, I really, I wasn't, and he wasn't able to fulfill that. And that's, and that's kind of the tough part of life. It's like, it's what you can do is identify your need, express your need, and then accept whether or not that other person can fulfill that need. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. And once I was able to identify it, understand it, and then realize that he wasn't the right person, that helped Um, And also just continuing to work with some of these healers, continuing to do, um, you know, I recently did, um, and this was a really big, I had a lot of closure at this um, retreat and I haven't shared this anywhere. And I I was like, if it comes up, it comes up. But um, this happened on my, on our last show. You have, you must have something that like, (laughs) I I always do this. I uncover like crazy shit from people. I love it. It makes me so happy. Wow. This is amazing. (laughs) But I went to a plant medicine retreat and had an experience with ayahuasca. I was going to ask you, okay, how, yeah. how was that for you? It was amazing. Mm. I mean, it was, I mean, talk about it. Every single thing that I did over the last, since last May was leading me up to that. I mean, it's like a mega inner journey. All it is, you know, Aya, what it does is it's so wise it's so it knows exactly what to show you. It shows a giant magnifying glass on all the areas of your life that you need to look at. Mm. And some of it was great. And some of it was not so great. And, you know, did we you, did like, two nights up and shit your pants and like all that stuff. <laughs> I didn't shit my pants. Uh, I did puke the first night. Okay. The second night I didn't at all. Okay. Um, some people did. I mean, some, yeah. I mean, everyone had such different experiences, which is, that's what blew my mind. Mm-hmm. It's like, everyone has such different experiences and it's the same drink, but it, it, it interacts with your specific chemistry, your body. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, this, he came into both nights and there was a moment that I was able to just see his soul, really see his soul for who he is. And I, and I took him in and brought him into my heart and really just at that moment, like over the last year, you know, I've intellectualized the process. I've been able to intellectualize what happened and the why and identifying what's in there, but ayahuasca allowed me to integrate it and experience it. Mm -hmm. And so him being brought into my heart was, I just saw him for who he was. And I, And I just knew, like, it was a deep knowing as to why it wasn't us together and, and that, and that was really healing. And, um, and yeah, I mean, that, that experience was amazing. So that, that was recent. It was last month in April. So, um, so it's just, you know, I'm still on the journey, man. I'm still on the healing journey. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we always will be, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, my first like big breakup was so challenging for me and I was a baby. I mean, it was almost 10 years ago and I still 
feel for that. I still have mm-hmm. moments where I have pain there or I have a, you know, like an aha, like unearthed experience. And I think that's part of life. And I think to expect that it's this cut and dry, you know, like after a year I'm done, you know, it's like, what's that? I was watching Sex in the City and there she is. <laughs> she has, she talks about how it's like, yes, it takes you half the time of how long you were together to like get over a breakup and then you can right. move on and then you can start dating again. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't think it's that cut and dry. And like, maybe that's like right. a nice idea, but it's a nice idea. I've thought of that too. You know, it's like, I said to my therapist, it was about a month ago. I said, you know, I'm feeling really pathetic and that's such a mean word, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because I should be over this by now. And he was just like, you know, and we tapped in and saw where that had came from. Um, but it's, I think, you know, my, if, if anyone is listening and needs, you know, just one piece of advice. It's like, be gentle with yourself, you know, be as gentle as you can. And, and part of that gentleness is, and nurturing isn't something that I've ever been comfortable with. It's never been something I wanted to, to do. It's never been something I've, I've wanted to explore because that, that nurturing, that gentleness requires you to go within. And, uh, but that's where it starts. Mm. The healing starts within. Yeah, for sure. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh. Oh, I feel like I could talk to you about this forever. I know, right? It's, it's, (laughs) I just really appreciate you being so open and just like willing to talk because I feel like there is a shame around breaking up. It's like you have failed in this relationship and this expectation, right? And I mean, I think there's something to be said about the fact that 50% of marriages end in divorce and that's the society we live in. And it's like, I think that the inner work, I know that the inner work is what we need to be doing in order. Cause if we aren't loving ourselves, if we don't fully know who we are, how the fuck are we expected to show up presently in a relationship and ask for what we need and know what the hell, what the hell that is in the first place. And I think that there's this like expectation that when we're, you know, in our early twenties, we meet the person and we get married, but you know, X, Y, Z. And I just hope that if you're listening to this and are navigating a breakup, or maybe your trajectory has not been quote unquote traditional from what you've grown up expecting that, you know, that you are safe, you know, that you are not alone and that there is no right path. Like there is period, there's just no right path. There is just your path. And the more you can take time pouring into you and doing the things that your heart or your gut or whatever pulls you towards, like do more of that and forget about the noise because that's where the magic happens. And if Jess's like entire past year has been any proof of that, like I just, yeah, I think that it speaks so much, so, so, so much volume. So before we officially hop off, um, can you let us in a little bit on some deets about your new book? Obviously it's going to be around this, but like, give us the scoop, like what's coming up? Like, what are you going to be sharing? I'm super pumped. Yeah. So it started first as a writing series on my website and I just got so much feedback mm-hmm. around like, thanks for sharing the dirty details and I'm there with you and all this stuff. So you can get a taste of it on my website for sure um, under the writings tab, but it's going to be the phases. It's going to be that journey back to yourself and my experience with moving from my head to my heart mm-hmm. and you know the the phases of through the breakup and it's going to be very... I think, you know, it's going to be deeper a little bit more, more raw than my first book. And it's felt that way Mm. as well. Like writing it, it's more difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, my plan is to have it finished this year and I want to include poetry in it, you know, activities or suggestions um, about ways that people can get in touch with their inner worlds, resources, Mm. um, and, and yeah, so hopefully it's done this, this year. That's the plan. And then it'll go live next year. Um, and I'm excited and, and I'm actually season two of my podcast, that Valley vibe is, is also a, an audio version of it. So it's, it's kind of, it's a unique process to write this second book because I'm exploring it in my, in my outer world a little bit more first. than the first one. So yeah. it's, um, it's cool. I'm having fun. It's it's also really healing to do. Yeah. There's something cathartic about writing through a traumatic totally. experience. 
I fully, fully get that. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing your heart. And you guys, if you want to connect with Jess, um, all the stuff will be in the show notes. So um, make sure to hit her up and say hey and say thank you for dishing the dirty deeds, as we say. And um, (laughs) yeah, thank you so much for being here. I adore you. Thank you. And there you have it. Thank you, Jessica, so much for coming on the podcast. And for everything we talked about in today's episode, make sure you check out the show notes at amandacatherineloy.com forward slash podcast forward slash five eight. Or you can just swipe your phone as per usual. And as always, any rating, reviews, and all that good vibes mean the world to me. Um, And again, if you know anyone who is navigating a breakup, send this their way and tell them that you are thinking of them and you're supporting them through their journeys because that's all we really fucking need is just some love and lights in our ways while we are navigating the mess. So until next time, my friends, I will see you guys on the flip side. Bye-bye.